James Wiseman. Are you kidding me? Are we really going to do two emergency podcasts in one week? Oh, yeah, we are. Here we go. Welcome back into the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. What? Norlander at the top? Yes, Norlander at the top. Gary Parrish, unfortunately, is somewhere over the middle of America right now. Maybe Omaha. Maybe Oklahoma. He's on his way to Las Vegas. I, too, was supposed to be on a plane at this very moment. Uh, Not able to. I'll get to that at the end of this uh, quickie emergency pod. But maybe everything happens for a reason. Because James Wiseman has left college basketball, has left the University of Memphis. And because of this, I can give you an emergency podcast. Just shouts to everyone listening to this uh, late Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening. Here's what Wiseman said on Instagram as news filtered out and created a shockwave throughout college basketball and, you know, NBA draft circles on Thursday afternoon. He said, Today I formally withdrew from the University of Memphis and I will be preparing for the next chapter of my life. Ever since I was a little kid, it's been a dream of mine to play in the NBA. Throughout this process, I've asked God to ordain my steps and lead me in the right direction. God is my Lord and salvation, and throughout this process, he has comforted me. This was not how I expected my freshman season to be, but I'm thankful for everyone who has supported my family and me throughout this process. I want to thank the coaches and staff for all their support and my teammates for pushing me every day at practice. I feel blessed for the opportunity to be a Tiger and for having the honor to play with these special group of guys. I can't wait to see what they all accomplish this season. The friends and fans of Tiger Nation will always hold a place in my heart Hashtag Go Tigers Co. Cat emoji, blue circle emoji, cat emoji. So that's James Wiseman. Three games to his name as a Memphis Tiger. He finishes with 69 total minutes played. I guess you could say it was a nice career. Um, 19.7 points, 10.7 rebounds. Um, and and now, certainly, plenty to discuss here. And I'll just hit on the big obvious stuff, and then Parrish and I will go deeper uh, on our next podcast. First immediate takeaway is though Memphis has been terrific so far, and, you know they've been impressive in that they have not yet lost without Wiseman, uh, who has gone seven games deep into this into the suspension. The Final Four hopes they take a huge hit. Memphis is nine and one, still going to probably win its next game Saturday against Jackson State. Then it's New Orleans and Tulane to, fi- to finish out the 2019 calendar. Those games are also at home. Um, they get Georgia at home on January 4th. That might be the first true real test we see without Wiseman, uh, but we'll see. Georgia's not that good either. And again, it's a bummer that a game that was supposed to have Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman, two players that could go one-two in the NBA draft, is now going to. We're going to presume I only have one of them. Uh, let's hope that Anthony Edwards is uh, healthy and obviously wanting to, to play in that game. you got to figure that he will. Um, but Memphis, which looks like the best team in the American Athletic Conference, I still think it could win that league. But final four hopes, I mean, this is a huge hit. You've got Precious um, Atua, who's been good but not nearly as efficient as he should be. How is he going to adapt as a big going forward, knowing Wiseman isn't going to come back? Lester Quinones has a broken right hand he's still recovering from. He hasn't played um, you know, the past four games for Memphis. We wait and see. Other freshmen, DJ Jeffries, Boogie Ellis, Damian Baugh, have been solid. They've been solid, but their roles are going to have to increase significantly going forward here. Memphis is still intriguing, but it's a major bummer. I mean, this is the obvious thing. We wanted to see a player, a seven-footer of Wiseman's uh, talent, uh, potential dominance, you know, for one year in college, and we're not we're going to be robbed of that. All of three games, it has, for different reasons, obviously, it has a little bit of a Michael Porter Jr. Uh, thing going on from a couple years ago. Of course, Michael Porter Jr. suffered 
suffered injury and then returned uh, for a quick cup of coffee uh, at the very, very end of Missouri's season. But this is kind of the same thing. And it's it sucks for college basketball because as Parrish referenced on the previous podcast, I had written about in November on CBSSports.com, college basketball, unfortunately, has just hit a habit over the past decade, not every year, but just about every year, where top 10 lottery-level talent, one guy, two guys, three guys in a given season, miss are missing four, six, eight games, or even longer. Wiseman's just the latest of that. Heck, right now, UNC, Cole Anthony out at least a month. If Cole Anthony was out more than the four- to six-week timeline at this point, it wouldn't stun me because of the nature of the knee injury and the MCL. We just don't know. And again, like Wiseman, he's projected to be a high pick. Could go as high as third overall. So if you're Cole Anthony, you want to obviously get back on the floor. He's a tremendous competitor, but you're not going to get back out there until UNC's team doctors and Roy Williams are 100% confident that he cannot re-aggravate that injury. So with Wiseman, I am a little stunned. Um, I would say that most people were stunned. In fact, you know, in the short amount of time between finding this out, hopping on CBS Sports HQ for some analysis and prepping just to do this podcast with a quick turnaround, did hear from two people that just said this kind of took me by surprise. Another thought I have off of this and I'll get to the NBA draft stuff in a minute there, because but to me this is more about college basketball. Again, want to see a player like Wiseman at a program like Memphis who could have such a huge comeback year, and we're robbed of that. I gotta say, <laughs> the uh, the announcement that he is going to turn pro, sign with an agent. I I don't have information on this. This is just my this is my instinct covering this world. An agent got to Wiseman and his family. I just there was that could have been a combination. And and by the way, all better for the agent and better for James if he wants to do it. If James Wiseman thinks that three games playing in college is going to be enough to borderline assure him that he's a number one pick, and I would say. It is a, it's a mortal lock he'll go top five barring injury. And really, top three even seems mortal lock status for Wiseman. If that's good enough for him, he does not owe it to anybody to play college basketball going forward if he thinks he's set for his professional career, obviously his financial stability for he and his family going forward. But when I see this happen, and it's so removed from the NCAA reaffirming the suspension, obviously Memphis lost on appeal, to me it indicates from afar, again, I don't have direct information on this. This is... Uh, some speculation, but let's not play stupid here. I just think that some agent got to his family and said, listen, you are clearly a high-level talent in what's going to be a weak draft. There's just no way that your chances of going number one aren't better than you know 40%, 50%. You really have nothing to prove at this point. And so if Wiseman wants to do that, that's completely fine. I also wonder if... Because you'll remember on a previous podcast, a couple of them really, we've talked plenty about Wiseman uh, in Memphis so far this season. Did the NCAA's mandated payment plan that goes into all of this, because you know when a player gets a player or his family gets you know so-called busted for what's happening here, you have to pay back the benefits you received. And you have to do it on a payment plan, on a timeline, on a schedule. And was that eventually, did that hit some sort of stall where it was not realistic? I have questions about that overall. Um, I don't think it's totally stunning that, that he's not coming back. I just, I thought that since we had gotten, you know, past early December, mid-December, that this is this was going to be a situation where he would return and he'd get to play for, for Penny Hardaway. You know, the whole thing is... It's a it's a little depressing in that, uh, you know, when Penny. Uh, first of all, the fact we even know all the details. Remember, that's not common. Usually, when you have an NCAA infractions case and a benefits case, 
Um, some of the details, if not a lot of the details, aren't privy to public information on behalf of the NCAA or the school um, for one reason or other. But in this case, you had complete transparency. Penny Hardaway, you know, long before he was the coach at Memphis, uh, affords James Wiseman and his family more than $10,000 for moving services, moving costs to go from Nashville to the Memphis area to play, uh, you know, in for, for Penny Hardaway, both uh, at the high school circuit and the grassroots circuit. And that winds up retroactively being a benefit and a legal benefit because Penny Hardaway is a booster of the University of Memphis, most notably because he made a significant monetary donation, uh, uh, you know, when James Wiseman was seven years old uh, to help uh, with Memphis's Hall of Fame and athletic facilities, et cetera, et cetera. So I get all that. Um, but what's... <laughs> If you really take a big step back and listen, the rules are the rules, and you got to punish, you got to punish. That's fine. Um, here's where this can just—it just—it kicks college basketball in the ass. Is that you've got the NCAA trying to manage all sorts of different rules, people, what's allowed, what isn't, and then ultimately you get stuff like this. Like college basketball is so much worse off for not having Memphis be awesome with a headline player like James Wiseman. James Wiseman was a top five player of renown coming into the season before he played the game because that's how the basketball ecosystem works now. You know, every single season we will go in and yes, we will have guys like Miles Powell, like Cassius Winston, who have been around two, three, four years, who will rightfully get a lot of pub and deserve that. And it's awesome for college hoops that you have that kind of you know system built in. We do, we still give plenty of love and for the juniors and seniors, but when you've got projected top five picks coming out of high school, and you've got a you've got a James Wiseman, you've got a Cole Anthony, you've got a Zion Williamson, go on down the road. You know it is a way to market and sell the sport and promote the sport. And now you lose that. And now also we have a situation, and I don't think that this is you know a sign of a bigger trend or anything like that, but you've got Wiseman projected by, as a number one pick by some. You've got LaMelo Ball projected as like a number two pick by some. You've got Cole Anthony as a third pick, and right now none of those players are suiting up in college basketball. Cole Anthony's obviously out for now. LaMelo Ball, who is injured, by the way, playing on the other side of the planet. His eligibility to begin with was, I mean, that was tossed in the garbage two years ago thanks to his father and everything that went along there. Is it a, is it a bad thing for college basketball that James Wiseman says, I'm out of here, you know, see you later. And, you know, Lamella Ball does what he does. It's not a good thing, but I also think this is a unique situation because think about it. When was the last time you can ever recall, and I mean ever recall, a college basketball player or a college football player having an eligibility case with the details and specifics like with Wiseman? It has not happened. Moving from one spot to another, going to play for a coach who's one of the <laughs> one of the most known, famous players of his era, and really, you can make an argument. Penny Hardaway is one of the fifty best NBA players of all time when at full health. Uh, and then we have this kind of case happens to be a seven footer, projected you know top three pick. We haven't had something like this. And then with Lamella Ball with his father, we haven't had something like that either. So it's not good. But this, if you start to see. Columns, talking heads, 
tweets, et cetera, about, you know, this trend is terrible for college basketball. You know, what will we see next? Sure, but we're like, LaMelo Ball's the last ball kid. We're not going to have a repeat of that. And James Wise, there is no player right now that's 12, 14, 15, 17 years old that is being mentored or coached by <laughs> by a, a Penny Hardaway proxy, if you will. So um, it stinks. Uh, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I was looking forward to having Memphis get Wiseman back and make a real run for a Final Four. Like, imagine a world in which you've got Wiseman as, you know, a top five player. The Tigers win the American Athletic Conference. They get a two seed. It just brings a little more juice to the NCAA tournament. We're not going to have that this year. And it's uh, it's a major bummer. And I hope, and I don't think this will be the case. So I do hope, since Cole Anthony is, you know, kind of in the same discussion, different player, obviously, but Man, it would really just be a dagger if Carolina's season, you know, Carolina took a, a predictably bad loss just in terms of, like they weren't close against Gonzaga on Wednesday night. Like if we look up a month from now and Carolina's like barely treading water at 500 or even under 500, it would it would suck if Anthony just decided, you know what, we're not going to make the tournament. James has already done this. It's a knee injury for me. I'm just coming back. You know, I showed what I could do to a certain extent, although I will say Anthony has not been efficient. He has been needed. He's been a high-volume player. He's got, you know, a good ceiling, but also a low floor. Um, let's hope that history does not repeat itself uh, on this specific front uh, with him. But I can't I can't blame James Wiseman. And I, and I think we, fortunately, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what Parrish says about all this as well, because, you know, uh, we can poke fun at his uh, <laughs> at talking so much about Memphis on the podcast, but he's he's tied in there. He's plugged in, and his stance on this, what I think will be his stance, I'm happy to see that the general public has evolved in this stance. The the sports following public over the past decade, like if this happened. If James Wiseman's situation, details were the same, happened in like 2007 and he did this, I think you'd see a lot more people criticizing him for the call, including sports writers. You're not going to see that as much because of the fact that the NCAA and its rules on amateurism and restricting James Wiseman's earning power to its maximum capacity, essentially, right now. Um, we've moved past that point, so I don't think you're going to see many people um, going after Wiseman, and they, and they shouldn't overall. So that's... You know, that's my initial take on this. Literally in in the moment, as this is all, as this you know, is unfolding in, in real time on a Thursday afternoon. Um, just three games. He was awesome in those three games, though. By the way, I mean, if he had been able to even remotely keep up at his pace, he would have been the national freshman of the year. L- listen to this: a one forty three point five offensive rating. That's a that's a joke. Seventy six point nine percent effective field goal percentage. Seventy six percent true shooting percentage. Was grabbing twenty six percent of Memphis's defensive rebounds when he was on the floor, and twenty one percent of his offensive rebounds. Shot eighty percent from two point range, and by the way, a pretty solid uh, foul shooter as well. Seventy percent. They lose that. Um, how the team reacts going forward will be interesting. I, I got to believe that the players have known for a little bit, maybe as early as Thursday morning, but I don't think that this was all dropped on them out of nowhere as well. It'll be interesting to see who Wiseman ultimately signs with and um, and where he winds up going in the draft, but that's a conversation uh, for down the road. And we'll touch on this more again. Got to have Parrish get his word in. Um, the plan, I believe still, as Parrish flies over 
over the middle of America right now on his way to Las Vegas is to still do a podcast late Thursday night, East Coast time. Now, the reason why I am doing this right now is, unfortunately, I have been dealing with uh, a physical issue known as piriformis syndrome. So a lot of people probably don't know what the heck that is because I didn't even know what it is. Long story short, I can't go to Vegas because I can't endure sitting on an airplane for five hours. I've got, uh, I've got a muscle in my, in, in my left buttocks that is pressing down on my sciatica, and good God, it is so, so painful. So it was a, an excruciating call to not go to the CBS Sports Classic. I held on as long as I could and did not even make that decision until Thursday morning. Um, I wanted to be there, wanted to see GP, wanted to do a couple in-person podcasts, and it's a, it's a freaky coincidence that I decided not to go to, you know, try and get better. And oh, by the way, if you've had this and you have stretching or exercise recommendations, email me, tweet me. I will hear anything at this point. I have seen a doctor. I just got massage therapy. I actually was at, I was getting therapy for this when I walked in the door and I got the text message like, crazy about Wiseman. And I'm like, okay, what now? Did he get suspended again? Do we have a, do we have now a season long suspension? I wasn't on my mind that he would actually opt to go pro. But anyway, so that is why I will not be uh, in Las Vegas. Hope to be able to recover, get stronger and better uh, quickly as soon as possible, because my goodness, I can, I cannot sit for elongated periods and, uh, and standing and walking is even, uh, even a bit of a chore there. So that's just a little, um, behind the scenes, but to also explain why uh, I'm not there. But otherwise, all is well. I think I'm going to wrap it up. I mean, we're going, uh, we're going, you know, we're, we're encroaching here on 18 minutes. Just wanted to give you a quickie reaction. For those that are listening to this now, maybe a little bit delayed, and you got that next podcast in your queue, fire it right up. Hope you guys enjoy it. We do want to try this season to give you, when capable, like if I'm out of pocket or Paris is out of pocket, one of us, if, in a, if, if a storyline breaks and it is of such an urgency like James Wiseman leaving, uh, we want to be able to deliver for you as soon as possible because we know you enjoy it. Thank you so much. So kind of a weird different flavor, me riffing solo here uh, for 18, 20 minutes. I'm sure we'll have a situation uh, later this season where it's going to be the exact opposite and, and Parrish is going to have to take the reins and we'll do that. But we basically want to give you a podcast to fulfill that, tell you what we know, what we feel about subjects in real time. This is a reminder, please do rate and subscribe. Apple Podcasts is our preferred preference. You can still submit questions. We're going to do those mailbags every single Wednesday. So please uh, submit your questions. Or if you've got a great comment, we're still doing that stuff for Sunday night. Appreciate that as well. And if you use a different service and there is a rating and review system, uh, do that. Let us know and we'll seek those out as well. But um, that's what we have for now. We'll talk to you later Thursday. I anticipate at the absolute, and I mean absolute latest Friday morning, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to try and turn this one to give you another podcast on Thursday night. Uh, okay, and by the way, we also have breaking news that Michigan State senior guard Josh Lankford, who has not played yet this season because of foot issues that have gone on for more than a year at this point, he is not going to play the season at all. Tom Izzo told reporters after Michigan State's practice on Thursday that Lankford had foot surgery. If I'm recalling correctly, I think he went to New York for that. I'm calling that from memory. Lankford's done. That's an issue. College basketball, stop the ride. I want to get off. Um, this has turned into quite the busy Thursday, but that's another piece of news. That will, frankly, we're also going to get to that on the next podcast regardless. GP does the shouts, so I'm going to kind of let that be his thing, and I'll just wrap up here. I'll be back with him shortly. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon. 
State of Combat podcast, the Brian Campbell. And while fight season may be on hold for the foreseeable future until Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov touch gloves at UFC 249, the SOC is still moving along. Two to three episodes per week to give you that combat fix. What can you expect? The same great interviews with the biggest names in the fight game. Maybe a little bit of a fun oasis from the crazy world around you. Instant reactions to the biggest news stories. It's the SOC, available on Apple Pods, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere fine audio is found. Tell them BC sent you.